0: Welcome to, of course, Griff Talks Football. I meant to upload this episode, but here I am uploading it as soon as I have finished recording. Um, hope everyone had, of course, an amazing uh, Thanksgiving. But in this episode, it's going to be episode five of my series one take, talking about Bill Bryant's old system compared to his new system. And so, perfect example of his old offensive system was in he was the offensive coordinator. Uh, for the New England Patriots. Um, he was there from O oh, as the offensive coordinator/ quarterback coach from 09 to 2011. Uh, but in more particular, I'm going to talk about his 2011 season because that was Tom Brady's career yardage in terms of passing yards. that was that was the highest he ever threw uh, in terms of yardage. Um, and then with the current season right now, with a head coach slash play caller of the Houston Texans. But I never, nevertheless, let's kick off this fucking episode right here. Uh, starting with, of course, New England Patriots. And so, while I may not go through his entire career thus far in terms of coaching, uh, I wanted to put more emphasis on the system that he's been using thus far since... You know, coming from New England and being involved with New England, learning from Bill Belichick, working with probably one of the best, if not the best quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL. Um, Making the most out of the players that he has or that he's been with. But, again, talking about the 2011 New England Patriots, Tom Brady's stats was astounding. And I'm... Again, shocked that he never won MVP. Probably not as shocked, though, because during the 2011 season, the person who won MVP was Aaron Rodgers, who had set the record for uh, the highest quarterback rating, which was, I think, 138-something. No, 145-something. He also threw 45 touchdown passes as well as only six interceptions and barely throwing over 4,500 yards passing with a near-completion percentage of 70%. So he was up there, which was, again, astounding, amazing. But, again, he came from a a different system, or he was in a different system at that time with Mike McCarthy calling plays. It wasn't a bunch of quick passings, a lot of vertical routes, and a lot of shotgun plays with multiple wide receivers, or one tight end, one running back, but, again, multiple wide receivers. But with Tom Brady, he threw a career-high 5,235 yards passing as well as 39 touchdown passes and 12 interceptions. But it wasn't, with a quarterback rating of a 100 but it wasn't like he was throwing the ball deep necessarily. I mean, some of them were with play actions, um, but a lot of it was quick passing. It was run balanced. But it was very dependent on multiple tight end sets with some play action passes uh, that are meant to get the ball out quick. And then, of course, when in shotgun or when spread out or when not running the ball and you decide to throw it, it was a bit, again, quick passes. And as I'm talking about the receivers, none of these receivers were the fastest. None of the receivers can run vertically as, as much. Um, heck, you know they had Chad Johnson or Chad Ochocinco play, but at that point he was he was in his almost late thirties. But some of these players I'm going to mention, Dion Branch, he had 51 receptions for 702 yards receiving and five receiving touchdowns. He wasn't the fastest; he's one of the shortest receivers there. Then Wes Walker, who had an All Pro Pro Bowl year. Who had an astounding 122 receptions for 1,569 yards receiving, as well as nine receiving touchdowns. And then there's the late Aaron Hernandez with 79 receptions for 910 yards receiving and seven touchdowns. Think about this: before I mention the other player, who's probably well known and also retired, they had New England nearly had three guys with almost a thousand yards receiving. Or who had, you know, some of the receivers had 1,000 yards, but one of them was, again, 90 yards short of that mark. Again, astounding. And the last player, Rob Gronkowski, 90 receptions for 1,327 yards receiving. And uh, I think a record at that time was 17 receiving touchdowns to a tight end. I think Travis Kelsey might have breaking that the previous season. I'll have to double-check. But nevertheless, I mean, these guys were not the fastest. But the receivers that Tom Brady and that Bill O'Brien had as the offensive play caller were very sharp and very crisp and very astounding or outstanding when it came to route running. These receivers consistently got separation. So if you get a receiver just running a five-yard route, but it gets, you know, 3 yards of separation with the defender and you just dump it to your receiver that receiver has an opportunity of course to not only catch the ball but to get yak yards after catch i uh, it and i think Wes Walker may have had almost 800 yards receiving in terms of yak which is again pretty pretty amazing like, that's not something to to ignore. It's not something to to shy away from. No, it's something to to recognize and to be amazed by how much yak they had. Of course, tight ends Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez at the time also had a bunch of yak yards, but they also ran sea routes. But that also, that was their bread and butter was quick passing. And getting, yeah, sometimes, again, they hit vertical. Sometimes they did play action to hit vertical. But, again, it was multiple tight end sets with two, maybe three wide receivers involved, but also having a running back out there if it's two wide receivers, two tight ends, one running back. But to have that many weapons or that much skilled players with route running to create mismatches, is by far astonishing and a huge advantage offensively. With the current season with four games left with Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, DeAndre Hawkins, Kenny Stills at the slot, and Darren Fells. Again, the season's not over. So this is not a complete, this is not complete stats really. But Deshaun Watson, he's completing nearly 70% of his passes. He just threw over 3,000 yards. He's got 23 passing touchdowns to seven interceptions with a quarterback rating of 105.9. He also, in terms of rushing yards, he also has 300 yards rushing and five rushing touchdowns. And he also has a receiving touchdown. So he's got 29 total touchdowns. But that receiving touchdown was off of a trick play. I, I would count that as an anomaly because that's not something you will have your quarterback doing every time is, you know, running routes necessarily. But nevertheless, awesome to, to recognize. But it's not like they have astonishing tight ends or outstanding tight ends or amazing tight ends. But Darren Phelps has made the most of what he's getting. Like he's got 28 receptions for 310 yards as well as breaking the franchise record for the Houston Texans as a tight end to have seven receiving touchdowns. Then you have Kenny Stills, a slot receiver. who has got 30 receptions for 461 yards and two receiving touchdowns, who is by far one of the best receivers to go vertically, even though he hasn't been getting the ball as much. But again, he's a slot receiver because Will Fuller is the faster receiver there and an excellent route runner. He's got 42 receptions for, I believe, Will be a career high, 598 yards receiving and three touchdowns. And then you have um, DeAndre Hopkins, 86 receptions, 903 yards receiving, and six receiving touchdowns. So Hop or DeHop or DeAndre Hopkins has been the one that's been catching the ball a lot in the intermediate routes or short routes, not so much vertical uh, but he's, he's run vertical routes. The other Sears, Will Fuller and Kane Stills have been going deep. And so that's been in the bread and butter for Texas, Texans. It's not so much run balance with play action and then a lot of it quick passing as with the 2011 New England Patriots or during the time that Bill O'Brien spent there as the offensive play caller. But They are pass heavy in a sense here. They've, even though they ran the ball a lot with Carlos Hyde and sometimes Duke Johnson, it's been a a bunch of shotgun formations with three wide receivers and one tight end. And when they run the ball, it's a lot of inside zones or sometimes read options. But again, a lot of it when they're in that personnel. A lot of it, they are also in, in empty. And what I mean by that is there's, there's no one next to Deshaun Watson. They got either three guys on the right or three guys on the left with two guys on the left or two guys on the right. Uh, running quick routes or intermediate routes and then deep routes. But a lot of it has been intermediate. They are one of the best teams to throw vertically um, in Of course, when you have an accurate passer thus far with Watson, who is an athlete, it's an advantage because it forces defenses to stick to their gaps. Even though sometimes they blitz, Watson would get out of there or he identifies the blitz and throws a route that's meant to kind of bail him out, whether it's a short route or a seam route that gets open. But again, a lot of it has been intermediate routes to deep routes. And then... Quick passing, if need be. Perfect example is when they played New England Sunday Night Football. Watson, um, he was able to identify man coverage and be able to get the ball to receivers who beat the man coverage. They only the only you know double doubled DeAndre Hopkins twice. But nevertheless, when you have an all-pro with Stephon Gilmore, you don't necessarily need the double. But Hopkins had five receptions for 64 yards. But it's because a lot of it has been when he was in the slot and he was able to get wide open on a slant route or a quick route. But again, he was able to beat the man coverage. And when New England ran man coverage, the receivers were able to beat it by beating their man, essentially. Even though there was a go-route and Will Fuller dropped it, he still beat his man. And on the very next play, Kenny Stills beat his man for a touchdown. Going deep, running a, uh, a go-route. And that is a huge advantage offensively, that's your bread and butter, is intermediate, quick passing, and then throwing deep. When you have athletic receivers like that, or very fast receivers that can just beat man coverage. With New England, though, or at least when Bill O'Brien's there in 2011, again, they didn't have fast receivers that can just go vertically. They had to adjust, find mismatches in which any, any team tries to find mismatch. I'm saying that was probably their point of emphasis is, okay, we can't just line up our fastest guy on the outside and just throw it deep. We can, do, we can do that on occasions with Houston here, but okay, in New England staff, we can't do that. We got an emotional receiver here, to identify the coverage of man. I mean, any team does that, but just bear with me here. We gotta identify what they're doing. We gotta put our best player on their weakest player. Okay, Ron Gronkowski is on a corner. That corner may be faster than Ron Gronkowski, but I can just throw a lob to him. I can just throw it quickly. Rob can truck him. Oh, uh, we got a receiver on a linebacker. Hike the ball quick. Get to Wes Walker. Dion Branch, they'll beat that linebacker. Oh, uh, we got our receivers by far the best at route running amongst your fastest corner, but isn't great at defending a quick route, or isn't that great at defending a route? Bam, we'll get it to Wes Walker. That was basically it. Was quick pass, quick pass, death by a thousand paper cuts, really. Which is what currently was New England's doing. Even though Tom Brady's ranked fifth in passing yards right now, they're not beating teams vertically. Same thing with New Orleans Saints right now, they're not beating teams vertically. They have an all-pro Michael Thomas. They get him the ball a lot, but again, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. They also run the ball well, but you know, it's play action with intermediate routes, or it's quick routes, or it's intermediate routes. That's been their bread and butter. And so to see Houston's offense kind of change with Watson as, you know, as the athletic quarterback he is, but to have an advantage like that with the same system used in New England, but to kind of change it a little bit to your strengths, which again, your receivers are your strengths because of how fast they are and how well they run their routes. Again, it's advantage. And so comparing these things, I do feel as though Bill O'Brien was by far more, focused, or at least emphasized more on trying to find multiple mismatches because his receivers were not fast, but excellent at route running. Currently, he doesn't have athletic tight ends, so he's got to use multiple receivers. Darren Fells is a good tight end, don't do me wrong, but he doesn't necessarily always beat his man, and he's not usually targeted every time, even though he leads... Or at least one of the top ty- tight ends in the NFL right now in terms of receiving touchdowns. So he is a red zone threat. But when you got Fuller and Stills and DeAndre Hopkins, and sometimes Duke Johnson getting involved in the passing game, we're having another tight end out there, and that's your strength as over receivers. And you got to go with that. Like I'm seeing an example right now. Where Watson ties the shotgun, he throw a quick. He threw a quick route to Fuller. You know I'm seeing him taking some drop steps. He checks it down this time, of course. But again, I'm seeing this play where he finds a quick route, flat route. Throws it to Duke Johnson for a touchdown. But one of his most impressive throws. <clears throat> sorry, my voice is cracking here. Was again this deep route to Kenny Stills. Refers some scene. This other throw he made this crossing route to Kenny Stills. That beat man coverage. See so yeah, identify zero bliss. I'm sorry for those who are listening auditory. I can't show you this, but They beat the corner because Kenny Stills is faster than the corner. Watson bought some time. There was a deep route of Kenny Stills against the New England Patriots this past Sunday. Meanwhile, I'm over here looking at the 2011 New England Patriots, their first game of the season against the Miami Dolphins. They're in a shotgun, one receiver to the left, Ron Konkowski to the left, that's Standing up, that's next to the left tackle. And you got Wes Walker on the right side. And you got Aaron Hernandez to the right of Tom Brady. And then are running back to the left of Tom Brady. In a two-back formation. And of course, they get their linebacker matchup with Aaron Hernandez. But that's not what Brady throws to. Brady throws to Rob Gronkowski. Because that was the matchup there. If you get a big tight end in a vertical route and you've got no one to defend that, really, then it's easy money, basically. Even though you have to identify that first. You have to figure out, okay, man coverage. Miami was still trying to line up. Brady figured out what they were doing. They were blitzing. Gronkowski literally took five yards in and then cut. More of a seam route, not a slant route, but more of a seam. Again this is some amazing stuff and so as I again kind of wrap this up see you know hey is one was one system better than the other uh, okay did has it been more effective if they ran play action with the 2019 Texans you no know, is that still being used? And other variables that go into this, again, it's with Houston right now, it's a lot of spread, multiple receivers, one tight end, one running back, sometimes two tight ends, two receivers, one running back. Out of many shotgun formations, if they run it, it's going to be inside zone with read option, with a lot of gap runs too. But it's mainly been intermediate to deep routes with some quick routes, but that's been their bread and butter. Because of the receivers that they have, maybe not so excellent at route running, but definitely with their speed, they can throw vertically. And with New England, it's multiple tight end sets. And sometimes three receivers, one tight end, one running back. And again, it was Kind of more run balance with quick play actions and then just quick passes when not doing a play action pass. Um, You know, part of the disadvantage of that old system, though, is the pass protection may have difficulty blocking for a certain amount of time in the offense if you're not calling um, a quick pass. I'm talking about in this old system. And you may have to wait because the defense does adjust to that quick passing. You're trying to throw vertically. You're going to have to wait a little bit, or you call it an audible, and your protection has to hold on just a little bit longer. And again, if, if the running game and the play action becomes ineffective, and so does the quick passing, you've got to do that. And then, of course, with Bill Bryan's somewhat new system, with the current... State as it is right now with the Texans, part of the disadvantage is, okay, if we can't throw intermediate deep routes, we're going to have to throw quickly. we have to get the ball out because, again, we've, we've put a lot of pressure even though the O-line has been excellent thus far overall. And because they're going to blitz every time or they are in coverage with a QB spy, and again, if we can't find success in that, we do have to throw it quickly. We do have to find holes in, in, the, in, the, in the zone scheme, that they're, not zone scheme, but rather in the zone coverage that they're running. Okay, If they're a man, our quick route needs to beat them because our intermediate route and our deep routes have not been effective because of the pass protection. Again, it's pass protection dependent. Sometimes, again, Watson has to scramble for a certain amount of time or does it for a certain amount of time. And of course, you may have to go you know, more play-action, more run-dependent if the intermediate and deep routes have not been effective. So again, your only disadvantage is if your bread and butter does not work. That's basically it. Do I have a preference necessarily? I mean, I, for me, in my offensive philosophy, I do enjoy multiple tight end sets. I do see, see that as advantage. And I do love the quick passes as well as keeping it run balanced. So I do prefer the quarterback being under the center more. Um, I see that more as advantage if I was running a team. Okay, we're going to do run, 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 play action, but get the ball out quick, and then we're forced to pass or we feel like the pass has been more effective during the game. Quick passing, quick passing, quick passing, and then throw it deep if we find a mismatch. But in Houston's case, if your bread and butter, of course, as I pointed out, is a lot of sp- shotgun formations, getting your guys out wide, sometimes in bunch sets, but getting your guys out wide because you feel that your receivers are by far your more effective weapons and getting your running back out in the pass game as well and have an athletic or maybe your best tight end in there. And it's intermediate to deep routes. And that's your bread and butter, which – Maybe most people would describe that as an air raid, but air raid is just a, a system that people would describe as just pass heavy. Now Houston is leaning towards the pass, but they don't throw the ball 50 times. You know they, they do run it a lot, and sometimes the quarterback is under center, and sometimes they do, of course, they do the read options. But again, that's the system they feel that is effective. For them it is intermediate and deep routes to get the defenses focused on the pass to then run. It's more of a pass run system. With the twenty eleven New England Patriots, it was more of a run to pass, but when passing, quick passes. And it wasn't so much as you see with Shanahan's offense or Lafleur's offense. Or even, um, gosh, sometimes with the Panthers they succeed, uh, succeeded in this, and even with the with with the Seahawks they ran this where it's a lot of power plays or it was just zone plays. Of course, with Shanahan. but it was just run, 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 and then when you're throwing, it's deep. With again, the 2011. Patriots, it was run balance, where you run on a run, a quick play action. Sometimes you're throwing it deep. And if you get defenses stacked in the box, you call a quick route. And it's death by a 1,000 paper cuts. And so you get an advantage where safeties are now forced to come in, then throw it over the top. But again, your system is also dependent on how well your players do or how, how athletic your players are, how fast your players are. Again, for me, I view as advantage, multiple tight end sets with run balance or with a zone, with, with gap runs. I do prefer gap runs such as power inside zone or a dive or a lead play. And then to do a, a play action, keeping the quarterback in the pocket. And then if going pass heavy, uh, just a bunch of quick passes, trying to find the best Mismatch, as well as other teams do, but find a route that's more effective against that coverage and then getting the ball quick to keep defenses um, frustrated, to then throw it deep. And if you feel that intermediate deep routes already keep defenses frustrated, and then you run the ball to keep them guessing, then that's the advantage too. So it's not so much which system is better whether old or new is just pointing out some of the concepts are still used with O'Brien that has changed with Watson and then the concepts that he ran with New England during his time there that were also an advantage but that is it for today's motherfucking episode of course Griff here and Griff talks football thank you so much for listening thank you so much for listening if it's in the morning hopefully you have a great day if it's in the afternoon Thank you so much again for taking the time out of your day to listen, whether you're working or not, uh, during your lunch break, whatever it may be. And hopefully your your night goes well. And if if you're listening to this at night, hopefully you get some sleep. Hopefully your day went well and you get some sleep for the next day. Nevertheless, have a kick-ass day, y'all. And I will release my next episode this upcoming Friday talking about the current playoff picture. Exactly, you know,